Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Gerhardt's back. The more things change, the more they stay the same. From NJ1015.com, this is the new Jim Gerhardt Podcast. Here's Jim. All right. <laughs> I was sitting here thinking you said now, and I, it depends on what your definition of now is. Do you use a, uh, a clip term? Yeah, listen, I, I tell you, I want to start with some outrages. I'm going to give you the first crack at this, Bob, uh, because we had talked earlier this morning, and you pointed out something that has become uh, an obvious big story. I had said, and this did not take uh, any uh, great soothsayer, to predict this, that with all of that money out there, the government's laying out, this is going to be an absolute tsunami of fraud. Oh, man. It's inevitable. This is America. Uh, money is the measure of all things. And so when you get that much money dumped into a pile, there are going to be fraud artists ferreting around through there for their share. But you brought up some this morning that are, are totally outrageous. People, in other words, it's people taking this money, which is meant to keep people employed. It's meant to help average working people. And what are they doing with it? Right. Well, a lot of these uh, uh, higher institutions of learning, for one example, Harvard and many others have uh, gotten in and gotten their claws into the, uh, the uh, stimulus fund. And they've taken what they feel that they're deserving. I mean, millions of dollars. Harvard uh, was going to take about $10 million. I know Michigan was on the list, Penn State. Harvard was apparently shamed into returning their money, so they're yeah. not taking it. But a lot of other institutions are going to take it. On the other side, there are a lot of uh, larger businesses that have dipped into the small business stimulus and recovery program, and they've found loopholes, and they've yeah. Yeah. gotten granted loans. I mean, you're talking, what, several million dollars for some of these companies that don't even come near the, uh, the criteria. You, you would probably not be surprised by the fact that law, ter- law firms, among others, some of these financial institutions are grabbing the money. Yeah. So, I don't know, people who are sitting home now wondering where the next meal is coming from and, and, and have no idea, their whole life has been totally disrupted by this and will probably never be back to the same again. Right, And in the light of that, here you have these uh, bloodsuckers, these, these vultures, who are siphoning off all of that money. Uh, it, 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 it's incredible. But, but you said, now, a couple, now, Harvard, I think, is giving the money back. And there was yeah. one chain of hamburger uh, emporiums that... Shake Shack. Shake what Shack. is it? Shake Shack, which is big. They're, they're big at a lot of the uh, ballparks, uh, New York City. Over the place, regional, but they they great great uh, great pro, uh, great product. But yeah, still they they found the loophole, and well, thankfully they're decided, you know, cooler well, prevailed, and now, they're give their money back. Now the president said that he will take action to make them give it back. Now there's going to be very interesting because these universities, which are endowed with billions of dollars, I think Harvard, Princeton, these universities, they have th- billions of dollars in their endowments. They have a larger. They don't need the money. They have growth. And yet, 
They have, well, large, no. they have bigger uh, endowments than some countries have budgets. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Countries. This is crazy. Now, I'm going to th I'm going to throw you an outrage. I see it's my outrage. I was watching them. Now, this institute money. If you think that they siphoned off with fraud. Uh, trillions of dollars there, many hundreds of billions of dollars. Uh, now, I watched a TED talk the other day, Although and this was about an, an expert speaking about the vulnerability of our electrical system, our electrical grid, right. to any kind of electromagnetic attack. Now, we know how much we depend on this. Without electricity for an extended period of time, you got nothing. Not only you don't have light, not only do you not have access, you can't text anybody, which would, of course, uh, be a terrible blow to especially younger people. Uh, food chain, deliveries, everything would go down. Right. Uh, and you would have no source of communication because we depend on electricity for, for so much. Now, that can be knocked out. Everybody knows that. And matter of fact, I think the North Koreans even made some veiled threats that they couldn't do it. And it's one way to totally bring this country to its knees. Now, this is also it could be done not by human agency uh, or any foreign power or for any malign purpose, simply by sunspots or explosions, you know, emissions from the sun, uh, the uh, gamma rays, you know, uh, space outbursts, all kinds of things could knock this out. As a matter of fact, I think we did have a solar flare back in the 1850s. Now, you didn't depend that much on electricity at that time. But it, if this had that happened in 1850, had happened today, this country would be just about over. Mm -hmm. Now, here's where the outrage occurs. According to this expert, this could be fixed. The system could be made foolproof and attack-proof. I believe that uh, the, the cost he mentioned was $2 billion. And he's talking about expensive equipment that have to be replaced, very expensive. But $2 billion, that sounds big. But that's nothing compared with what they are putting out now in the aftermath of the virus. Yeah. Uh, $2 billion is no doubt at least that much is going to be wasted and probably more in this whole thing. But that's a drop in the bucket. I've not heard a person mention anything like that. Uh, if the Democrats want simply to ex show their will, start adding things to these appropriations, let them think of that, something useful, and fix the power grid, because all of this that we're going through right now and everything is completely moot if the sun just decides to send out a flare, mm -hmm. <laughs> or what is it, Ching Mong Un, or whatever his name is, that decides <laughs> to do it. Oh, he's, uh, he's supposed to be sick now, right? Oh, the, uh, yeah, the North Korean dictator. Yeah, yeah. Kim Jong-un. We don't know. We don't know if it's related to the virus or if he's got some other health concerns. Obviously, he's had long-term health uh, issues. Uh, the well, president at one of his news conferences wished him wished uh, Kim Jong Un well the other day, but we don't know much more about his. Did, did the later the president say? Did the president say after he said he wished him well? Say psych. <laughs> no, no, he, he didn't do that. I, I well, know. You know, here's another outrage. If you want, here's a country, North Korea, where people are starving. We know that every practically everybody there who's not connected with a party is suffering from malnutrition. You've got millions and millions of people in, in horrible prison situations. It's terrible. Here you've got the head guy who is eating, obviously, very, very well. He is, Kim Jong-moon is listed as the largest single customer of 
Hennessy cognac. Uh, <laughs> yes, right, really. So here's a guy who lives a very dissipated, overindulged lifestyle in the face of people who are starving. And he apparently has gotten himself so out of shape, he has a heart problem, right. uh, they say, or they don't say. They, but uh, something's going on there that's very interesting. You got any bigger outrages? I, I did mine. Well, take, take some money as long as you got this. And they're simply running the, the uh, what printing presses around the clock. Fix the electrical grid. Or all this means nothing. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. So, uh, all right, your turn. Give, give, give me a local outrage here. Well, I'm just, anything on the tolls coming new? I know. I was going to ask you this morning. Do you think we've seen the last of the uh, the uh, highway toll taker? Because all of the uh, agencies have gone to electronic tolls, yeah. cashless tolls. If you don't have Easy Pass, they'll take a picture of your license plate and just mail you the toll. Do you think and the send uh, tolls in? Well, no, when they when they take the picture now and send the, uh, there's a fine involved in it. No, no, no. But they if they don't that. have toll because you're cheating. But if they don't have toll takers, do they waive that and just send you a they're, bill for fifty seven yeah. cents? Yeah, they're going to waive the the uh, the the uh, the penalties. Uh-huh. So if you're driving through, you'll just get charged for the toll, no penalty. Like uh, yeah. you get paid, you get charged twenty five or maybe fifty dollars for violating without an easy pass. But not the case now. No. I want to violate orthodoxy right now by doing something uh, positive about the governor. I'm going to look around and see if everybody left. You still here? (laughs) I'm listening. (laughs) I am am apostate right now uh, because it's sort of a tradition in New Jersey for everybody to blame the governor for everything and and to to minutely, microscopically examine his... uh, uh, what his transgressions. Now, last week, and I meant to mention this last week, but it was right after he had that interview on Fox. Did you see that, Bob? Um, y- y- uh, yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Okay, he had an interview with... Uh, with Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson on Fox. Mm-hmm. And the Fox person, Tucker Carlson, uh, was extremely rude. And he jumped on him. And then the next day, I noticed in some of the news, the, the less liberal of the press in New Jersey, they were jumping on the governor again because he had committed this transgression that Tucker Carlson had brought up, which is the fact that he had banned meetings, uh, co- uh, gatherings. Right. And the, the thing that Tucker Carlson kept after him about, well, that is in violation of the constitutional right to free assembly. And he went on and on. And at one point, and, and, and the governor, uh, Murphy, was tr- obviously trying to be diplomatic. Now, maybe he naturally is like that, but he was sort of sitting back there uh, taking this without any. I, I would have yelled to the moderator, you know, tell him go pound, you know, whatever one pounds in New Jersey. Uh, but uh, he, he jumped on him about the fact that and he asked the governor at one time, did you have you read the Constitution? Have you read the Bill of Rights? Yeah. That before you enacted this policy of, of no gatherings, did you see it? And the governor said, I didn't consider the Bill of Rights. And, and everybody got on him for that. Well, this is patently ridiculous. The governor gets hit with a problem. He has to be concerned, as everybody is, with the ravages of this particular disease and how to stop people. People are dying in great numbers in New Jersey, you've got to do everything that the experts tell you. You've got to play all the angles to stop it. 
Right. Now, here we, he is faced all of a sudden with this crisis. And he is charged with, people would be criticizing him if he didn't do anything. So he, he plays the, 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 the government's game or the, the scientific game there to how to halt this by immediately ordering the shelter in place, no gatherings of you know, more than so many people. Now, if you were awakened one night and your house across the street, your neighbor's house was on fire and you could hear them in there and you want to rush to help, are you going to stop at their property line to look up the local zoning ordinances about trespass. Uh, you're not. The crisis takes precedence over that. So how people can fault him for that, I do not know. And so I would give the governor every credit for doing what seems to be the, the, the norm, the, the common defenses against this thing. And uh, people should get off his back. I think that I think the governor was not strong enough in bringing up the Lakewood situation because I think that really put things over the edge. The abuses of the Lakewood people getting you know, together and violating the social distancing. Well, and the governor like is not going to bring that up on national television. That that's a purely local matter, and that also involves a certain amount of diplomacy. I think it maybe even touching over into political correctness because that involves a particular group of people now oh you got another one now going that i, I was reading about this morning I'm not sure you know about this. the church service that was broken up in what lavalette okay right. does that ring a bell uh, i think i know what you're talking about yeah they were they were uh people gathering it was outdoors i don't know all the circumstances in lavalette and somebody called the police uh, in fact, a lot of people called the police. The police arrived and apologized and then made all these people separate. They right. were there for the service to stand six feet apart. And the police said, you know, this, we're sorry about this, uh, but this is the law. This is, this is the rule right now. And so naturally, they, uh, the police or the, the authorities uh, get blamed for that they are uh, what, what what is the party line oh uh, liquor stores are more important than right, churches, churches. Well, that, that, uh, but here's here's the rub the fact that seemed to surprise everybody was the number of people who had ratted them out uh and i understand that comrade de blasio the mayor of new york had urged people to take pictures turn in your neighbor keep your yeah. eye on everybody that is dictatorship 101. Take pictures. rat out your neighbors. Yeah. Remember the old uh, Andy Griffith show with uh, Barney Fife and uh, Gomer? They did this little thing called Citizen's Arrest, where uh, B Barney told uh, Go Gomer, if you see anything going on out here, you can make a citizen's arrest. So then not five minutes later, Barney makes an illegal U-turn and Gomer starts yelling down the street, citizen's arrest. Citizens arrest. I hereby arrest you, uh, Barney Five, for illegal U-turn. <laughs> so that's pretty much what I thought of when when De Blasio. You know, I got up this morning and I put on a T-shirt, and it was little Cartman from South Park <laughs> on his uh, Hot Wheels. You know, I'm Yes. Right. Little 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 Yeah, Cartman. Yes. Uh, so, uh, so many things going on. Um, you got anything that's weighing heavily on your young shoulders this morning? Well, um, 
I'm just wondering, uh, do you think, what do you think about the reopening in the state of Georgia? I mean, that's been a, you know, a lot of people are concerned that maybe Georgia is opening up a little bit too soon down there. I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea. But I mean, I, th this is America coming out of the closet. Right. No, I, I can't uh, uh, fault the, the governor of Georgia what he did. He apparently knows more about it than I did. Yeah. I mean, the, it, it's an extreme, obvious political risk for, uh, risk for anybody. See, I sit here in uh, South Jersey, in Burlington County, relatively low incidence of the, uh, of the plague. And it's, it's very hard sometime, sitting fat, dumb, and happy, that uh, to, to really grasp the fact that all of this stuff is going on. Now, most in New Jersey, most of the cases have been to the north. Been north of I-195, I guess, essentially. Yeah. Uh, but I'm told it's creeping south. Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. I, I do not. I haven't seen. Berkshire County starting to get more last several days reporting. So, yeah, it's starting to creep its way south. Um, so maybe we're not done with it just yet. Um, yeah, no. Yeah. People are the significance of this historically. Right. Uh, humanly. Uh, and um, and I think um, I think this is really starting to starting to um, um, it, it's really starting to reveal the um, the deficiencies and the atrocities in the nursing home system. I mean, with all of the uh, the deaths that have happened at some of these nursing homes, the one up in Andover, uh, New York State, over thirty five hundred in nursing homes. It's just incredible uh, what's been going on there and the uh, the policies that have been uh, in place as far as uh, taking care of those that have the, the, the virus, that they are being put back into the homes with healthy people. And, mm. and that's just incredible. So that seems like a st uh, systematic problem, would you say? If you happen to see a spastic movement on my part, I'm trying to, I had to run the cat off my printer. <laughs> oh, quite all right. You know, he, he had taken up residence in there and had to do a, a cat scan. No, we don't want a tragedy over there, no. Uh, but that, yeah, yeah but, there's, there's there's so much this, uh, we we do not understand. Uh, the, the, the political business with this too is is very vexing. That here you have an election year, unfortunately, and I guess this is simply what political parties do. And you have the party that's out of power, out of the White House anyway, uh, shamefully exploited. On the other side, now this is talking about the Democratic leadership. Right. Uh, on the other side of it, you get the president who is running for re-election. Now, the president gets to make a, a campaign speech every night <laughs> while his opponent, Mr. Biden, has to sit in his cellar <laughs> you know, uh, on and Skype. When can I come out? Hello, it's me. <laughs> it's, it's Joe Biden. Live well, filming of him. Right. This could this could be a complete changer right now. Mm -hmm. Speaking of, of Biden, I understand he is flirting with a person as a possible vice presidential candidate, which will change the entire game. I think if I heard this, this person goes along with it. That is the end of the game for Trump and for the Republicans, simply by demographics. Huh, really? And uh, who are we Who are we uh, referring to? I think I know, but... Well, he's talking about Mrs. Obama. Mrs. Obama, right. Yeah. Huh? 
Interesting. Now, if Mrs. Obama is on the ticket, there goes the game because she will get a hundred percent of the ethnic vote. Well, ninety-nine point nine nine six three, you know, percent of the ethnic vote. She will have all the media on the side of the Democratic Party candidate. Almost well, ninety percent of the media, and also the support of this so-called what do they call a deep state? In other words, these entrenched bureaucracies and intelligence communities in Washington. Right. So the deck will be completely stacked. Mm, And also, it's very interesting because the candidate, Mr. Biden, uh, without meaning anything completely uh, uh, pejorative about it, seems to be fading a little bit, Mm. uh, very slowly. (laughs) And if he is the president, the person who is the vice president, runs a high percentage, I don't know what the Vegas odds would be, but rather high percentage of eventually taking over the office by default. Mm -hmm. Because again, here's a person, uh, again, the candidate who could retire for health reasons, something could happen, or there could be some progressive uh, difficulty or problem there. But uh, so the person who becomes the vice president, if it's a very strong person, could very quickly become the power. Mm-hmm. Now, we know that the uh, the Democratic candidate for presidency, who is a this this despicable thing, a white heterosexual male and old, <laughs> terrible thing to be in America nowadays. He has to pick as his running mate a a minority female. No other way about it, because otherwise. You're going, if you, work, uh, if you pick somebody out of the political system now, uh, chances are he's not going to appeal to the youth vote, the young vote. And so you got that, you got the youth vote, you got what educated women who apparently love the, the Obamas, uh, you got the media, you got everything go, the party, everything going for you. So again, this could be the Democrats, uh, the progressive wing of it, the leadership actually going a long way to achieve their ultimate goal, which is a one-party system in America, they being the party, in which we would have a, uh, an oligarchy, a ruling by the elite, which is them, them being people who have $22,000 freezers, stock full of highly expensive ice cream and candy. Yeah, but she had three of those, didn't she? Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. I mean, uh, we're talking Nancy Pelosi now. It's like, you know, who has a $24,000 refrigerator and $12 pints of gourmet ice cream? Gee, <laughs> I don't, even know, where to buy, I don't even know where to buy that stuff. I mean, that's even higher than haagen and I can't afford that. <laughs> well, but, but again, this, this, of course, is the, uh, is the goal, the uh, exploitation of the... It's a shame, human tragedy to further political goals, a one-party system. You know, changes are needed. There's no doubt about that. I certainly have been standing up yelling for years. We need a reset button because this system, uh, this uh, what free enterprise or capitalism on steroids reaches an end point. Eventually, somebody wins the monopoly game. But here you have a handful of one and everybody else sitting around here uh, looking at the dice. But change is needed. The system needs a reset. And I, I would have to say uh, some uh, things in the uh, what the the democratic or the, or the what the liberal uh, agenda, I can't really quarrel very much with. What I don't like is the people doing it. 
Uh, I, <laughs> to say I don't like them is an understatement. Uh, so here you get, it's almost like uh, T.S. Eliot, the great poet, wrote a play called Murder in the Cathedral. And it's about the uh, murder of Thomas Beckett by the Knights, Henry II, you know, the whole bit. Uh, but he is having a bit of dialogue with the Knights before he's done in by them. And he is offered temptations to get out of this, to save himself. But the one, he says, this last temptation is the final treason, to do the right deed for the wrong reason. So I'd see it this way, the right deed being some reform in the, in the system, the wrong reason being for pure ego and, and greed and, and self-satisfaction and, and the enrichment of a political party. So what they want at the end game here is to have control, very analogous to Chinese, the Communist Party in China. I notice now that people are not blaming China. They always are very careful to say the Communist Party. Uh, which is true, which is a good way of putting it. And I think they're trying to impose that kind of rule on people here, which it would be if they achieve the, the ultimate of their goals. And it looks like they're, uh, they're on a path to do that. Yeah. So a lot of things going on here in the aftermath of this. Right. There are going to be some real economic consequences, possibly food shortages, you know, many, many other things. And it's going to take a long time to get back to normal. After 9-11, what was that, 19 years ago? And we're still not all together back to normal from the, the results of our response to 9-11. But one thing is still normal, property tax collection. <laughs> you, you had to bring that up. April 23rd, May 1st is looming large. And everybody, apparently, unless something has changed in the last half hour, we all owe those property taxes, quarterly property tax bills on time. Yeah, I had I had urged very strongly that the uh, hey look now I said something nice about the governor in return. Why doesn't he do something nice for property taxpayers? Right, that's, that's all. I don't expect thank you. Just do it for the taxpayers right. and, and and have some kind of a holiday. I'm, I I seriously doubt that they would consider that because of the money involved. But that's a tough blow. For people who are on lower fixed incomes, they're trying to hang on to their homes. Now, they, you cannot pay the property taxes, and you can get away with it for quite a while, really. Well, but the penalties sort of add up, and, and, and eventually they'll bite you on your butt. Yeah, I, I, was, I thought the property tax uh, scam would be seriously injured, if not destroyed altogether. A couple of months ago, remember, Bob, when the 104-year-old lady was losing her home because she didn't couldn't yeah. pay her property taxes? Yeah. And this and the and the, the, the tax people were going after her anyway. You know, well, so you lose your home. That's the way the game is. Give us the money or get out. Hundred and four year old lady sitting on the curb. Right. Uh, the house she's lived in since I think it was back in World War One, she or two rather, she'd lived in the house. But I thought that people would wake up with that, but they didn't. Right. And I think people uh, will nod and say, Oh yeah, this is gonna be very hard for a lot of people in a week when the property tax payments do, but yeah, that's showbiz. And the other, and the last thing I got for you today is uh, self-serve gas. the uh, The debate is still on. New Jersey yeah. is the the one of only two states here in the in in the country that still uh, have self-serve gas. Um, I'm I'm sorry, uh, full-serve gas. Uh, but there's a there's a movement for people to pump their own gas because of the germs being spread now. Do you think well, no, that shows that shows how idiotically opposite logic and reason this is? 
This is a move, it's done every, it regularly, it comes up about every year by the gas station owners. Right. Because obviously, if you're not paying people, you don't have employees, you get to keep more of the money. And so that's what this is all about. But here, here is the illogic there. You are going to make people pump their own gas because of the risk of the virus to the what? To the, the pumper, the uh, petroleum transfer technician? Right. right. Yeah, probably. Oh, that's one person, right? Mm hmm. Now, everybody who gets out and pumps gas and say you've got 50 customers or 100 customers a day, you've got that many people touching things that have been touched by everybody else and handling them. Right. Which is a much greater risk of spreading the virus. Then uh, it's unfortunate for the one person, but I've not heard of anybody getting it that way yet. I'm happy with it is. I mean, I like sitting in my car. I'll put my gloves on, my mask. I'll give the guy cash or my card and let him take care of it. I'm not. Uh, no, no, the, uh, this whole thing, the, the fact that this is the only state left now, Oregon threw in the towel that doesn't have uh, a self serve pump your own. Uh, but why? Here we are. We, it's convenient. It doesn't cost us anything. Why shouldn't we have some kind of a privilege in New Jersey? God knows they stick it to us in every other way. Yep, you stay warm. What the heck is wrong with having with having a convenience in New Jersey? But that, that's the whole point. Yeah. You're 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 going to put hundreds of people at risk in order you claim in order to protect one person who right. certainly deserves to be protected. But I'm sure they're doing that now as best they can. Right. The real reason behind it is they don't want to have to pay that one person. <laughs> yeah. Plain and simple. Rest my case. Yep. Well, tonight on New Jersey 101.5, yeah. Eric Scott has another great town hall, coronavirus town hall. Tonight, Eric will have as special guests professionals in the healthcare field, the frontliners, the nurses, the EMTs, the doctors, all the people that are taking good care of us, law enforcement, all the first responders, the essential people that are getting us through this horrible crisis. Eric's going to be talking to many people on the front lines here in New Jersey tonight. It's going to be live on New Jersey 101.5 at 7 o'clock and across all of our platforms, including Facebook Live. That's tonight at 7 o'clock. Okay, we will be there. Thank you very much, everybody. Appreciate yeah. you for, uh, your support, your attention. Thanks for all your comments, and we'll catch you next uh, Thursday. And that is, oh, the last one of the month. And God willing, and stay safe. Stay and safe. Yep, have a great week. Thanks a lot. We'll see you then.